When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to the Claret and Blue podcast live on Facebook this morning. I'm Dan Rowlandson. I'm joined by my colleague James Rushton. James, how are you this morning? Well, good, uh, especially uh, better now that we've seen the first man through the door at Villa. It's a good oh, day, isn't it? <laughs> uh, tell me about it. We'll get all, we'll get stuck into all the latest news very shortly. Uh, for the eagle-eyed eagle amongst you, you'll see there's a, another face on screen this morning. That's Matt Davis, our colleague at the Nottingham Post. Matt, how are you? Devastated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank you. I'm all right. Well, we'll explain that devastation and the reason that you're on the podcast this morning for 10 minutes or so is that you are obviously based in Nottingham, uh, Forest fan, is that correct? Yes, lifelong, mostly yes. terrible, yes. <laughs> Some ups and downs, more, more downs than ups of, of late, but uh, yes, we've got you on this morning, obviously Villa have signed Matty Cash, their first signing of the transfer window for a fee of 14 million, I believe, or up to 16. I'd assume there's some clauses in there for uh, appearances and uh, possibly international caps, things like that. Uh, but obviously, James, first of all, we'll ask you, happy with the sign, first one through the door? Yeah, buzzing. Um, he's. A, I, I really think he can be a fantastic player. I only saw him once in person because we always saw him. I think we saw him score against Villa once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that well. Um, but I saw him this season. I think it was a different position, uh, right back. And uh, he's one of these players. I think every team obviously has one where like there's just an energy about them, maybe a little bit of an aura. I think he could be something special. We'll see. It's early days yet, but you know, 16 million when he was linked for like. 20 million to AC Milan West Ham in, in January. I think that's uh, a bit of a, a steal, then, if I'm honest. What, what do you think about the price, Matt? Because when it, when it first comes about that you're linked with a player for 15, 16 million, the initial reaction is, oh, in these days, oh, that's actually not that bad. Is, this, is that a decent price for him? Yeah, I think it's a fair price for everyone, really. The way the market's going to be this summer, you're probably going to see lower transfer fees because of the whole economic impact of coronavirus. He's not played a Premier League game, so it's a bit hard to go beyond twenty million for him. I think Forrest dug their heels in asking for fifteen and Villa got closest to it. I think Villa got a great deal, to be fair. I think if he has you know, if a player has one good year in the Premier League, then he's yeah. gonna be worth forty million or fifty million. So I think it probably works out as well as it could do for all parties, really. And a player of that age as well, like you say, if you know, he only needs one half decent season and, and he retains his value and a couple of good years at Villa and and then yeah, obviously you, you want to keep hold of your best players, but if someone, you know, Man City, Tottenham, Man United come in for him and they're offering silly money, then yeah, it's it's a it's a great deal for Villa in the future. It's a good investment as well, isn't it, James? Five year deal. Yeah, um I think it's uh kind of what Villa try and always do in these transfer windows is uh get these younger, probably more reputable talents for a decent price, five-year contract. We've only ever seen it kind of go quite wrong, though. Haven't yeah. we? Um, very too just a guy. Um, not that we're great players, but, uh, I mean, Batty Cash seems to be kind of along the same lines of a young player, pretty decent reputation, someone with resale value. And someone who comes in kind of lifts the general quality of the team. I know there's a lot of comparisons to our man, uh, Freddie Gilbert, but we'll, we'll have to see. But I, I think that's a really nice way to kick off the, our window, to be fair. 
Yeah, we'll talk about how it affects the the Villa squad when we've mm. not wasted any of Matt's time. So he's ready <laughs> to talk about a, a, a former Forest player now. Um, what's he like as a player, Matt? First of all, uh, very attacking. I don't know if that fits in with how Villa play. Basically, he was a winger uh, until last summer, and then Lamucci, the manager. Um, made him a right-back. They sort of flirted with it a bit. He played wing-back before, and I think Mark Warburton and Ita Karanka saw he could do it, but he never really got a place in the team. And then he started last summer as a right-back, and he was brilliant, better than anyone expected. He had this kind of link-up with Joe Lolly that was really good, who, you know, Villa have been linked to before, and he's a big Villa fan. Um, and I think because Cash has played as a winger, he knows that role, and they worked really well together. So he's very attacking. He's like all energy. He, I've never seen him look tired up and down line all the time. He's he's pretty good defensively considering that he's good in the tackle. He's decent in the air. He's quite a decent size. So uh, I think obviously there's going to be a bit of defensive naivety because he's only played one season at right back. So I think if yeah. Villa can get into him and work on that side of his game, then I, I think he should be well set to be a really good, a good addition. I, mean, I keep putting photos of, photos up of him on screen for those watching on, on Facebook and YouTube. He looks good in a Villa shirt, doesn't he, Matt? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen a few comments as well, that uh, a couple on Facebook, just and some on Twitter earlier, that is he, people asking whether he's a Villa fan or not? Is there anything in that? No, I don't think yeah. so. He's a Southern, he's from down south. His dad used to play. His, yeah, his, his dad played for Howe's own town just over the road from me. And he, I think his dad was born in Tipton. So the, I think there's some rumours that he's oh, a local, okay. his dad's local to the area. So he's possibly, yeah. or, the, or there's Villa in the family. So that means Cash potentially is. But I've not seen anything in my quick scour <laughs> Wikipedia to prove that. He's got a good tale to tell because his dad played for Forrest. But because Forrest had Stuart Pearce, he was never going to get in that team. So he had, I think he went to Wickham and played under Martin O'Neill. And then Cash went to Wickham as well and got released as a 14-year-old, ended up working in a shop. I think it was next. Um, wow. Went to, went to an academy at Bisham, Bisham Abbey and then went on trial to Forest as a 17-year-old. So he's not had the typical backgrounds of, you know, a Premier League footballer these days. So he's got a good tail behind him. And I think that makes him quite grounded as a person. Yeah, I was going to say, as you're, you're talking there, I'm thinking of comparisons with Tara Mings. Yeah. James, that someone who's got into football the hard way, uh, you know Jamie Vardy as well. Players like that that come through have to have to get in there, you know, by any means necessary. Um, is that is that a good personality trait to have, James, in the in the modern game these days? A hard worker, someone who won't take the kind of um, you know fame and things like that of, of, of the Premier League for granted. He'll be he'll be respectful and, and grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, because I think it's like just a platform for players to only get better. I think, I don't know if I'm, I'm talking out my backside here, but it feels like it's probably, I don't want to compare Matty Cash to like the best players in the world that have ever existed, but they all seem to have like a similar, there seems to be a similar background. It's never been straight to the top in some circumstances. Yeah. I feel like, you know, when you see with Tyrone Mings, that, that grounding, it's something he always brings up as, you know, his story. I don't know whether Matty Cash is the same and he, he finds opportunities, there's opportunities for him to bring it up um, due to his like profile. But I feel like, you know, Villa building a squad, not just with decent players, but decent personalities. And I think it, it's a really good fit for the team with everything Matt's saying. But you've, you've interviewed him, haven't you, Matt, on, on occasion. What's he like as, as a man, as, as a character? Uh, yeah, I think he's, like I said, grounded. Um, he seems a good person. The good thing that I think about him from a Villa fan's point of view is that he never agitated for a move. So if he'd not gone yeah. to Villa this summer, 
he'd have been the same player at Forest. And I think that bodes well for Villa because, like we said, if he has a good year, he's not going to be pushing for a move to Man City or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah he's a good, um, modest character. He fitted in really well in the dressing room. I've, n- I've never heard anyone say a bad word about him. So, um, I think they've got a good character on their hands. Um, and he can play for Poland as well. He, can, he could play international football as well. That's another weird thing about him. He's got a really? Polish grandmother or something. So, um, yeah, you could lose him for a few games for the international break. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's got a good background. And I think uh, I think Villa's the perfect move for him in a way. That's the other thing I was going to say, because he should get in that team, you'd hope. I, mean, I know you've got Gilbert and El Mohamedi. I don't know you know Villa better than me, but I think he's someone who could play for Villa and he could grow quickly and improve quickly as well against better yeah. players. Yeah, I think straight away he comes in and he's the starting right-back, without a doubt. Um I think there's kind of general things I've seen so far on social media. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a tweet up on screen, but I'm struggling to do it at the same time while trying to talk. So bear with me just a second. <laughs> um, first of all, it was Matty Cash's tweet himself. He says, absolutely buzzing to have signed a five-year deal at Aston Villa. Something I've always dreamed of uh, since I was a young boy to play in the Premier League. It really is a dream come true. Can't wait to meet up with the squad, meet everyone around the club and the supporters. And that was quote tweeted by uh, Stuart Broad, who says, you've got a good player from us here at Chris Wokes and at Ian Bell, his, his cricket teammates. Teammates, they play together? Oh, I, don't, I don't know anything about <laughs> cricket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wish, wish you well, Matty. Forest fans are sad to see you leave, but excited to watch you in the Premier League. Thanks for all that you gave us. And that seems to be the, the general consensus, that obviously Forest are sad to, to see a, a quality player leave. And also maybe that... that tinge of what might have been that that could have been Forrest in the Premier League this year we could have held on to him and he could have played for us in, in the Premier League and, and made his dreams come true but also that that happiness that yes one of our quality players is, is now moving on to to prove how good he is yeah I think so the I mean Forrest um like every championship club it's such really depressing isn't it you you develop a player and you sell them on and I can't wait till Forrest actually are the, well, you know, the boots on the other foot, really, but you know, that might be a long way. Um, but Forest have this academy where they've churned out player after player after player. You go back to Genus, Dawson, Andy Reid, um, you know, players like that. They've sold a lot of players for, for decent money. And um, he's the latest one. And I think the thing about the Forest Academy is that they do tend to produce good people and um, as well as good players. So, you know, Gary Brazil runs that academy for a number of years. And I've never heard of anyone who's like a bad egg come out of it. So um, I think that's a, a big positive for Villa to get a good character in because, uh, you know, they're not going to be at the top end of the Premier League, are they? But they, they will be hoping to be better next season than, than you know, yeah. the struggle last term. I think looking at, at the transfer window this year, if you're looking down towards the championship of, of defenders you could sign, the, the name that you would see often was Max Ahrens. Uh, obviously, I'm only talking about right-backs here, obviously. He's with Norwich, 20 years old, uh, English. Then Matty Cash was the other one. Obviously, we've got the Villa bias of going, oh, we've made the right decision. We've Cash Cash is the one we wanted because he's the one who's here. I'm sure if we'd have signed Ahrens, we'd have been saying the same about him. But as a Forest fan, Matt, obviously you've got some Forest bias, which of those two would would have been the signing that a club like Villa would have preferred to have made this summer? Is Cash the best of those two? Uh, I'm not seeing too much of Aaron's. I would say Cash is the best signing. I mean, you look at the clubs that were in for him. You know, Fulham, Sheffield United, West Ham, AC Milan had a proper interest in him. That wasn't that wasn't just a transfer rumor. So there was proper, you know, some decent clubs in for him. I think with his age and the capacity to improve. 
I think I don't think Villa were going to get a better right back in necessarily, um, unless they were going to throw crazy money at it. But I think uh, he's the kind of player that, to me, is perfect to sign from a Championship club to improve you in the Premier League and improve that player um, in the long term. I, I think it's the perfect addition, really. Yeah, what about what about you, James? If you had to, the pick of those two, if it's, if it's football manager you're playing, which one are you signing? Uh, probably cash because I think <laughs> uh, I think it, with Aaron's, I don't know if I'm getting confused, but I feel like they demanded 20 million, like they set a flat price of 20 million. So saving four million there for me is good because I think there's been interest in goalkeepers as well. I think that gives you a bit more money to put in that direction. But I'm going to go with a player Villa sign because it's the way we have to go, really, isn't it? We can't say. <laughs> we absolutely cannot go the other direction. I feel like Matty Cash is uh, probably not this, like, wonder kid who's going to rip up the Premier League, but he's going to be, like, a very useful player for Villa immediately from the get-go in a number yeah. of positions. So, got to be Matty Cash for me. The quote that I liked as well on the, uh, the Villa website, he said, my agent rang me and said that Villa were interested and immediately it was the place I wanted to come to. I said, don't even worry about anywhere else. I want to come here and play. It's, there's, there's a lot of classic cliches, isn't there, in signing announce, announcements at big club, big stadium, yeah. love the fan base, those kind of things. But he's saying all the right things and I, I believe him. <laughs> I, I, I think you could have cut and paste any Premier League club <laughs> that, that quote. But yeah, I think uh, it's good to hear, yeah. Um, it's fine then, Matt. We'll let, we'll let you go to, to carry on with the rest of your, your day before me and James talk about the other things that don't concern Forrest and will literally <laughs> be a waste of your time. Uh, just finally, what kind of player are Villa getting here then to, to, to summarise? Uh, young, energetic, attacking, exciting, uh, never pulls out of a tackle, never gives up, gets a few goals. Um, I think he scored twice against West Brom last season, both from outside the box. So um, he's not afraid of, uh, you know, being brave on the ball, um, that kind of thing. He'll never shirk a challenge. Um, maybe a little bit naive defensively, given his lack of games. So there's room to polish him up. But then if he was the perfect player, then he'd probably have signed for, you know, a club right at the top of the Premier League, really. So, um, yeah, uh, something I think Villa fans are going to enjoy watching him a lot over the course of next season. What's his crossing like, finally? One we've not mentioned, is that because he's rubbish at it? Uh, no, his costing's all right. I mean, he's not David Beckham, but I, I can't remember him <laughs> shanking it out of play for goal kicks every time. Uh, he, he, uh, he, he does a lot of low... I mean, everyone does low crosses now, don't they? Do any fullbacks stand the ball up anymore? Uh, I don't think they do. He do, he loves a low low cross, pulling it back for a striker to run onto. If you've got anyone who does that, I don't know. Have you got any striker? We'll do one day, very soon. Not, not at the moment, and not unless you spent millions and millions of pounds soon, which we will get onto. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's great, Matt. Thank you very much for offering some actual insight into a footballer rather than me and Joan just sitting here guessing on the, the odd glimpses we've seen. Uh, so thanks very much for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. And Cheers, we'll crack on without you. See you later. See you soon, mate. <laughs> right, it's gone so brutal, isn't it? You get absolutely axed off when you go. I've got to read it right, man. I'm really, I'm really happy with Matty Cash. Um, I feel like we've seen a question from Sean Jones, which is what position do you think you're playing? Yeah, I've just um, seen that. That's a very good question because um, sure Winger... He's going to play right back, isn't it? Yeah, Winger and right back. But I feel like, yeah, it will be right back. But it's like Almo. Don't be surprised if there's a situation where he's placed on the wing. Like, that's 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 his character. Isn't it? Right back, right wing. He's a... Well, I saw little bits on Twitter saying about him playing central midfield. And him I've seen a bit, 
around being able to offer backup in central midfield. But I had a quick look on who scored and he didn't play central midfield once last season. So I don't know whether this is just kind of a youth football thing that yeah. you can play there at a push. But I mean, Villa's midfield is so stacked anyway that I, I doubt we're ever going to see him play central midfield. Like you say, I think he's going to come in and start right back and, and the odd game where you need to be a little bit more defensive and you see you know, you know, see teams don't you sometimes play two right backs, one playing further, further forward at right wing. We might yeah. see him do that, but I think for the for the majority, he's going to come in and, and start right back, isn't he? Yeah, when he was breaking for Forest, I know he wasn't having a heap, of, you know, a heap of game time. It was over the last um, three seasons he'd been more of a centre midfielder. Now he's progressing to the wing. Now he's progressing right back. So I think you've seen like the development of him over the last few years of Forest, where you've had this centre mid, maybe this centre midfield talent come through. Got a lot of work, right? Got a lot of energy. Probably the same type of things you see a lot, maybe in a John McGinn. Right, as a central yeah. midfielder coming through the academy, you think right box to box midfielder, but then you see probably more that the energy can be better used perhaps on on a on the wing, and then again right back. So I think it's just like the perfect natural graduation of a player like we've seen, and now we have one um, ready to kind of step in and perform in the Premier League because he would he could have been there with Forest, like they were yeah. very very hard done by, weren't they? I believe it's goal difference it come down to um, on the last day of the season. So look, I think it's a great deal. AC Milan were genuinely interested in as they were with Anthony Robinson. They didn't get either. Uh, one ended up moving to Fulham. One ended up moving to Villa. So uh, you know, I'm happy with that, mate. Um, what does this mean for for Gilbert then? I think for Elmo, it's one of those. You know, I think Elmo would have, in my opinion, if we'd not signed a right back, Gilbert would have started. Started and Elmo would have been would have been backup. I think he's 31. I think his contract's running out next summer anyway. So Elmo is always going to be the backup. What does that mean for Gilbert then? Is does he become the backup and we potentially see Elmo move on, or do we follow these links that we've seen in Le Keep? You can just say French media, mate. Like you can just yeah. <laughs> French media loosely linked in with a with a move away from Villa. Is it that we see Elmo be the backup and Gilbert leaves, or is Gilbert going to fight with Cash for that starting right back slot? I feel like the kind of template you have for. Gilbert and Cash are very similar, aren't they? I think the kind of things you bring out with Cash, not maybe not the finishing and the uh, maybe not some other things, but I feel like when you say work rate, uh, aggressive, kind of throwing himself into challenges, tackle. Yeah, it sounds a bit like Freddie, doesn't it? So what I, I hope is like it's just got it's like the goalkeeper situation we'll come on to. We're going to buy a good goal. Uh, we're probably going to buy another goalkeeper. It looks like so. Just you know you, then. It's a negative for Tom Heaton, isn't it? I don't think see this as a negative for, for Gilbert. I see him staying in that role and I see it just giving more tactical flexibility. And also, yeah, it does open up the opportunity for a move because Almo can step in as a backup. I think just giving Villa a lot more options and taking the headache out of some of these tactical decisions that Dean Smith and the coaches have to make. You know, it's a big part of it. A big part of it. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, you, you've got like a situation if there's an injury on the ring, and you know you're not playing Trezeguet. You can bring up Matty Cash and bring in Gilbert or Alma at the right right back. I feel like it's just the ben- the biggest benefit in the immediacy is tactical flexibility rather than saying is it the end. But yeah, there's an interesting link there, and it does obviously open up a situation, right? Yeah, I think the more the more. Uh more realistic possibilities we'll probably see Elmo rock up at Newcastle with Steve Bruce just because he always gets, <laughs> yeah. always gets the Steve Bruce move doesn't he yeah um, I really yeah, just to kind of finish on cash I know obviously he's the, the main the main talking point and we spent 20 minutes chatting about him he's our first signing this is all we've got to talk about <laughs> it, just, it just feels like he ticks a lot of boxes doesn't he he's, yeah, yeah there's a lot of good qualities that he's got there doesn't seem to be many downsides he's coming for a decent fee I'd imagine he's not on extortionate wages it's a good length contract that, like we said, if he performs well, he could still have three years left before we even looking at looking at um, losing him. 
it's one of these signs that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And it's, a, it's an exciting one to get through the, the door first, considering what position he plays, because we all want to see the striker. We're all waiting to see the, the striker hold up the shirt with the, the new number nine. Um, but it's, it's not a bad start, is it? No, I mean, like, I think what always stands out for me in transfer deals as well, because I know there's a lot of agitation about getting that striker in. Um, what always stands out for me in transfer deals is when, um, what's his name, Tom Carroll joined on deadline day, and he mentioned, yeah. you know, this had been in the, uh, we've been waiting for weeks to kind of get the answer. So that happened on the last last minute. Everyone thought it was a last minute deal that happened in seconds. And no, it hadn't. It had been going on for weeks. It had very clearly been going on for weeks from the words of the, the, the other club Swansea and the players. So these things do drag on like that. That's no different. This is just, it's just an insane window and it's always going to be, don't judge it off anything else. Just always know that transfer deals take time in general. And now it's even worse. Like they're going to take longer yeah. in this era than any other era before. Like it's clearly going to happen. Villa, I, I, I fail to see a situation where Villa close the window and don't have a striker. Like that's oh, yeah. just not going to happen, is it? Absolutely no chance. We'll, we'll sign at least one striker before the end of the window. Hopefully, it'd be nice to get the striker in before the start of the Premier League season. We are cutting it a little bit fine for that now, but it's, you know, it's still a week. Um, so, so you never know. Um, There's a question from Michael Price. He says, now I've got cash through the door. Who would you like to see come through the door next? Now, as a name, obviously Watkins is the one yeah. that seems most realistic. Just a striker is who I want to see next because ideally I want to see the I want to see that striker come through before the first game of the season. Yeah, I feel like with Cash, you've kind of got someone who can play on the wing. So you have got technically, I guess, that winger signing that everyone wanted as well until that maybe that winger, if it's Watkins as a striker as well, is brought in. So, yeah, I think it's just about getting these key players in before that first match. It's going to be difficult. I feel like this Watkins thing may drag on and on. I mean, a lot has been hinged on this week, but then reports come off of Brentford asking for even more money because there's competition. It's hard because like twenty eight million therefore. Yeah, I think the EFL window, I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure I've seen in the rule book that Premier League clubs can't deal with each other or Europe after the close, but they can deal with EFL clubs for a further week, I think. Right, I have okay. to definitely get the full details on that and get it out there, but um, that needs to be public knowledge because that's a big reason why some of these deals are harder to complete because there's an extra week hanging hanging down uh, down the road, isn't there, um, potentially. So I'll, I'll look into that. I've seen that floating around. So it's, it's again one of the things that kind of lies in the rule book between the bullet points. And uh, We all know about the EFL rule book having to find out those, uh, what was it, Carabao Cup selection criteria. Could we bring <laughs> drink water in and that? So yeah, uh, for Strat, I'd... I'd Genuinely cannot wait for the day. I don't have to look at that thing anymore. <laughs> There's a, a comment here from Lee. He says, just just go and get Edouard. Watkins not good enough to lead the line in the Premier League. Ooh. We don't Was know I, that, do we? The, the thing we throw back then. We I don't think... know whether Edouard's good enough to lead the line in the Premier League either. If we're talking I... about Premier League experience and seeing a striker who's done it before. Yeah. I feel like you have a template there, right? And I think that Brentford system creates goals so all you need is kind of any average striker to be on the end of those goals to convert a decent amount. But if you look at Maupai scoring, he goes to the Premier League and he scores goals. Ollie Watkins scoring even more so. um, Put up to the exact same uh, figures as Tammy Abraham, right? 26 goals in the uh, in the championship. Uh, I feel like it was 25 or 26 and we looked over the highlights. There was was one missing, wasn't there? 
There's like a yeah, fancy yeah, ball somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There's a, he's, all his stats say that he score 26, I think. <laughs> and there was a YouTube compilation from Brentford, I think. Like his goal 25 of the goals. There's only 25. So I don't know if there's an editing error or whether there's some genuine mistake somewhere. Yeah. Um, look, if you, like, Tammy Abraham got the same, didn't he? It was like, I know they're different players and they shouldn't be compared. They scored a, a, a good number of goals in the championship. They got the same criticism. They went up and... To me, Tam- Tammy Abrams, the Premier League striker, no doubt about it. So, look, we've got to give uh, Ollie Watkins a season, if should he join. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't... I feel like writing players off is a really bad thing to do, especially when they're, like, got that attitude like Matty Cash and Ollie Watkins, where they probably went a little bit of a longer way around. I know uh, Ollie Watkins stayed at Exeter for an extra season uh, when Brentford really wanted him. So, you know, it's just na- absolute nailed on personalities that they're... they're, they're you know, the the situation there is they can only succeed, right? They've got the right mentality. So why do we assi- simply assume these players that have done it in the Championship can't cut it in the, the Premier League? And, you know, the same must go for the, the Scottish Premier League with Edouard. The template is there. Dembele did well. He went to Lyon and he succeeded. Edouard can do the same because that template has been put into place. They're very similar players in terms of the way they performed in the Scottish League, um, where they've got the background... And the goals they put up, so you know, for me, I think don't judge, don't hold it against them. Yeah, I think also having to have experience in the league that you're playing in doesn't also necessarily mean that it will work either. Because when we were yeah. in the championship, Scott Hogan had done well in the championship, Ross McCormack had done well in the championship, and we signed them thinking, well, they've done it before, so they'll just come in and do it again, and, and that doesn't work either. So every season is different, isn't it? Just because it's worked out one year doesn't necessarily mean that it will the next anyway. So you have to sign someone, and if things you know, all fall into place and it all works out. They can be a success. It doesn't matter what they've done before because every game of football is different. Um, Paul McIntyre says, do you honestly think our season will be any better than last season if we don't sign a 15 to 20 goal striker? Have we got a 26 one? In, in <laughs> our mate, so don't, don't you worry. My initial instinct to that is that even without, even if we sign a striker or when we sign a striker, if they didn't score 15 to 20 goals, I still expect us to be better than we were this season because we'll be defensively better, I think, for the entire season, rather than being such a mess before lockdown and then improving later. I think we'll be consistently better next season regardless. I'm not saying we'll be good enough to go and finish in the top 10 without a striker, because obviously, yeah, you, you need to score goals. But I think defensively, we'll be better anyway. So yeah. regardless of if, you know, if Watkins comes in and scores 10, I still think we'll have a better season than we did last season just because we'll be defensively better. So I think the best thing to kind of reflect on here is that interview Dean Smith did where he said, right, we have to identify ways immediately, not necessarily just buying and buying players. We have to identify ways of picking up an extra 0.4 points a game, right? So that is covering off your marginal gains. It is improving the general quality of the squad. It's making sure you don't go until Tom Heaton comes back without a first-choice goalkeeper. It's about, you know, carrying on where you left off last season. So I know a a big-name striker coming in does change a lot of things for Villa, but you've also got to look at kind of the benefits that signing your Ollie Watkins and signing your Matty Cash will bring to the general quality of the squad and help them kind of push to get that extra 0.4 points a game. Um, should that work out, you know, that that lifts you right up the table, doesn't it? Like over the course of a season. That is about identifying opportunities for instant improvement. One of those is a goalkeeper because Tom Heaton is not back. Like there yeah. are games, Villa, Villa will play games without Tom Heaton. So I, I, in my eyes, you know, you either trust it to Jed Steer or, or your Nyland. And I feel like the situation we've seen probably didn't do that well, did that? 
Gautami with a question for Mark Price. He says, would you like to take Romero from Man United, who's been linked with the 10 billion, I think is, is what I've seen, possibly from the Athletic. I've definitely seen them tweeting about it anyway. Or should mm. uh, Jed Steer get his chance? I think initially we were all thinking that, yeah, Heaton will only miss a couple of games. Just give it to Jed Steer and that, that's that uh, question done. Let's move on. But now with Villa have been linked with the goalkeeper on multiple occasions, it does look like we're after a, a first-choice goalkeeper to come in and compete with Heaton when he comes back. And that looks like either being Romero from Man United or Martinez, is it, from, yeah. from Arsenal, who's linked. And then, you know, there's talk of a new contract with him anyway. Romero's a decent goalkeeper. I think I saw a stat yesterday that he's something like in his last 60 games, he's got 30 clean sheets or something ridiculous. Like, the games he's played, he's done well. Yes, he's playing at Man United and, and other clubs. Um, but, you know... Is that, is that one that we go for for, for 10 million? Seems a little <sighs> bit steep for his, his age, but then we paid a similar price for Heaton as well. And no one could play men, so I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, again, you take it because, look, you have to play games. I'm going to keep saying it. You have to play games with like, Tom Heaton. Um, the way kind of Nyland performed last season, he he got rocked instantly and he just wasn't up to standard. Uh, Rainer come back and there's improvement. So you could see the improvement a goalkeeper makes. And are you so are you saying that you would risk that for if you want to pick up your 0.4 extra points a game are you going to risk a potential losing streak on goalkeeper mistakes all these sort of things you're going to bring in that experience head for 10 million 10 percent of the rumored transfer budget honestly i do it i I would have done it if it was martinez and i would definitely do it now if it was uh romero because again quality keeper is not playing a lot probably isn't going to be playing a lot now dina henderson's on a new contract that uh manchester united there's two very good goalkeepers there that's not a downer on Romero. I think he wants to be playing football. It's similar to Tom Heaton at Burnley, isn't it? Like you, you just find just that you're a good player and you find yourself in a situation where you're suddenly second, third choice. So that's not good enough for Romero. He wasn't good enough for Heaton. That's an attitude you want. Again, we go back to mentality. I feel like you sign Romero, you pick up, you, you have your, your starting goalkeeper to start the season and you don't kind of miss the beat until Heaton comes back. Yeah, and then if Romero comes in and he's he's good enough, he doesn't get back in the squad, does he? And that's a, yeah. a, that's a benefit for Aston Villa, though. It doesn't matter, does it, about the individual players? And, oh, you've signed Heat and he got injured and it's a shame he can't get back in the squad. But if Romero is playing good enough because he's essentially winning games with Aston Villa... That's a positive for Villa, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, we, we split hers because we get emotionally attached. Jed Steer is a Villa hero. We cannot ignore that. The things he did for this club, wonderful, amazing things. He stepped yeah, up when yeah. he needed to. He hasn't really had a chance, but that's the story of Jed Steer. He's never had that chance. But I feel like in, you have to kind of... And it goes for Tom Heaton as well, the emotion you feel. You know, we kind of have to... When we make these decisions and we talk about this, you kind of have to throw it away because, putting it bluntly... Is Romero better? Like, for me, that's very simple. It's a very simple yes, and that is all it needs to be. Um, goes towards the other players that have been chucked out as well. Um, the emotions and, and things in our analysis, maybe we have to kind of rein it back a bit. But I, Romero, for me, mate, all day. Yeah. Uh, there's a question from Marcus Abbott here who says, do you not think Wesley could improve if we change the system and sign another attacking left-back? Goes I, back I, to I, exactly... I don't think we'll sign a left-back for a start to put to answer that question. I think if we we're going to improve one of the full-backs, we've done it now. I don't think we'll, we'll sign two full-backs this, this window. Potentially, yeah. yes, you do need to improve on Matty Target at some point, but I don't think that's necessary as a priority in this window, if I can talk. Um, Wesley coming back, it's a, it's an unknown quantity, isn't it, at this point, because we don't know how that, that injury will have affected him. Yes, again, I would expect him to come back and play games and score goals if he'll uh, create more chances, because we looked like, before yeah. he got his injury, that yes, he was he was getting around 
against Burnley and, and looked looked okay in a, in, a, in a better Villa side. Yes, I, w- I would think he would score more goals, but like I said, we don't know what Wesley's going to come back from injury and when that will be to make a judgment call on that anyway. Yeah, I don't like. I don't really want to split. I know we did it with the goalkeepers, but splitting hairs between the players is hard because it goes back to always the same thing. Wesley isn't available, right? Um, having the best squad possible, competition in places only makes those players better. Whether it's Samata, Davis, Wesley, or Ollie Watkins, should he join? So. Yeah. Simple for me, like Wesley's not playing. I do believe in him. I believe in his story. His story is amazing. He's went the long way. If you're talking long way round, that guy's went the long way round. So, you know, I want him to succeed. I've never not rooted for Wesley. I've always been rooting for him from since day one. So, you know, I don't, we always, I feel like earlier we, we have hammered Wesley and we have critiqued him, but that isn't to say that he's bad and wouldn't succeed. I feel like the room is there, the personality is there, the background is there, the mentality is there again. To succeed, we'll have to see because if these players succeed, right, that's good for Villa. They're all we judge yeah. them as a team, as a, as a whole squad, and Wesley's part of that. So we'll see. The final one that we're going to talk about before we leave um, is Callum Wilson. Whilst we're talking about strikers, now this it's one's it's, yeah, it's chopped and changed, hasn't it? A lot. There's been talk with Newcastle. Um, I think they've offered. Um, I say offered like they've definitely done it. But the talk of Matt Richard, you know, swap deal to get to get Callum Wilson up to Newcastle. Bournemouth want 20-odd million for him. Now, people are looking at him thinking, oh, he's not scored any goals. He's got a couple of injury issues. Is he Is he worth it? Is he the one we go for? If Basically, if Callum Wilson is our starting striker next season, is that good enough or is that disappointing? Now, I don't know. It's hard to tell, yeah. isn't it? Because yeah. you, you, part of me looks at it and thinks, yeah, that's the kind of sign I'd, I quite like the sound of. But then I look at it a bit more and think, oh, actually, I don't know. It's it's a weird one. I, honestly, I'd prefer Watkins out of the two if it, if it's the case of paying a couple of extra million. I mean, transfer fees and stuff, there's a lot of kind of people freak out a little bit over transfer yeah. fees. Like, oh, 28 million, 25 million. They, they want 3 million more. Does it really matter at that point? Like if we're if we're going in with for Watkins that they want twenty million, then all of a sudden they want oh actually we want fifty. You go, oh, yeah, obviously that's that's silly. But if they if we go in with twenty five and they say, Oh actually can we get twenty eight? If you're paying twenty five anyway, just pay twenty eight. If that's the player you want, go yeah. for it. Like no, if Dean's with one of those players, you just go and sign them. And I think this year, because we've got money to spend and we can spend it with, with FFP now being a Premier League club. If we don't sign a player this season, if we don't end up with Watkins, it's because we didn't want him, I think. Uh, and that goes with, with any of the players that we've been seriously linked with. If we didn't sign Matty Cash after being linked with him now, with that would be because that, that Villa decided actually we don't want him anymore because Villa have got the money to spend if they want to spend it. And the difference between £28 million and the 24 offered or whatever is peanuts, isn't it, really, in, in this game? Yeah, it's splitting hairs because, look, money in football... It, it's not relative. It just exists as kind of this thing that, like, people believe that a full transfer fee just dropped into someone's bank account, which isn't the case. <laughs> like, no, like, it's very rare that a club suddenly has thirty million in literal cash, like, in their hands. Yeah, ready that, to it yeah it's install. It's always installments. Like, installments make deals go, and agents make deals go. So, money. Uh, I mean, it's difficult to say Callum Wilson for twenty eight million. It's a hard pill to swallow. But look, if you if the club identify a player that genuinely improves the team, and there's a price for them, that like, you have to pay that price. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to sit on the fence here, to be honest, because look, 
it's one of those ones that kind of gets floated around. We, again, we don't really know because Watkins looks like the main, the big thing. It's one of those deals that flows around. Twenty-eight million is look, it's it's a lot of money. That's Villa's record signing straight up, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that makes Watkins and Callum Wilson then uh, Villa's uh, joint record signing. So look, I, I don't really mind. It's not my money. The way money works is you know in terms of financial fair plays, it's over the length of a contract. It's a lot of it's a lot it's it's a tough pill to swallow again. Twenty eight million. <laughs> but you earn so much money from being in the Premier League, though. Just yeah. staying in the Premier League earns you so much money. And if you want to become a club that builds something and that wants to eventually get up into the top six and win trophies, like someone's just said in the comments that you know we didn't pay the extra for for Calvin Phillips last year and got Nakamba and that didn't work out. It works both ways, doesn't it? Because you have to judge these signs after the fact. We could say that, yes, Dean Smith wants Watkins. He's going to go and spend £28 million and that looks great. Happy days. That's the one he wanted. Perfect. But if he scores five goals yeah. next year, that is a silly signing then. Just because that's the one we wanted doesn't mean it's always going to work out. So if we sign yeah. him for £28 million and he scores 25 Premier League goals next year and Villa, Villa, Villa finish sixth, everyone will go, what a signing that was, what a bargain. So you have to judge these players after the fact, don't you? What we paid yeah. for them beforehand doesn't really matter. We'll see what they're like on the pitch first. Yeah, what I would say about fees then, I think there, there is a huge amount of focus because I think it's an easy, the easiest tool for comparison is always going to be a fee. I feel like there's obviously cheaper players out there that exist. We saw Sean Weissman who put up 34-odd goals in the Austrian Bundesliga move for four million pounds, right? Four million pounds for someone who's just scored. I know the, the quality of the league isn't the same. And I'm not comparing him to Callum Wilson in any way. Uh, 30, 30 odd goals, 30 plus goals in the Austrian Bundesliga moves for four million pounds. Callum Wilson scored fewer than 10, 28 million pounds. Um, the comparison is always going to be there between certain players. Wilson and whomever Villa have been linked to sign for a certain if Callum Wilson doesn't say score say more goals than uh, another link striker, people just hold it up. The fees, the easiest yeah. comparison. It's not relative. It doesn't. It, it's hard for me to judge on fees because look, again, if Villa identify a player, if he improves that team in any way that they have identified, clearly Premier League experience is a big plus for them. That's what they have literally said. That's what we want in a certain type of player, and that is that striker. Whether it's a first choice or second choice, they want that Premier League experience. Callum Wilson has it. If he ticks the boxes for him. Uh, spend the money. It's not my money. I don't care. That's <laughs> very simple. Yeah. Um, but then again, the fee it causes anxiety. So you know, it's again, I don't mind. I don't mind. It's it's not my money, mate. Family uh, don't mind as well. Yeah, no, dog barking. It's really time <laughs> to end up quickly. But we'll finish with one last one. Um, the three names that been linked mainly for a forward position are Watkins, Edward, and Wilson. Is there going to be one striker? Or is it going to be a combination of two of those three? Is it going to be a Watkins to play up front and maybe all out wide and Edouard as your main number nine? Or is it one or the other and that's it? Look, I feel with the money spent, so you've got six, if it was 100 million spent and say you get your Amero in 10 million, Watkins, let's call it 30 because it's going to, it's going to, I don't see it going down now, right? I just see it constantly going up until the end of October. Um, You've got 30 million there. 10 million on a goalkeeper, 40 million, 56 million. There's still room to play. Like, this isn't the end. If it's another striker coming in, there is going to be another player coming in. And chuck Ben, ben Rama in there as well for another 30, 40 million. Just spend <laughs> what you want. Do, do what yeah. you want. We don't care. Filler covered these key bases off, and that was um, a utility player can cover wing striker, Watkins, if he comes in. Another utility player can cover in the middle, out wide, at the back, Matty Cash. Uh, an emergency goalkeeper coming in to start the season. 
possibly Sergio Romero. There's money to move. There's, you're looking at like your complete bonus signings now, aren't you? Filler of the, in these signings covered off what we set out to do, which is we definitely need a new striker. We definitely need to do a new winger. In one player, we've we've covered that off right in uh, in uh, Ollie Watkins. So again, yeah. it's wait and see. I think I'm not. I'm not. We're not going into Joe Bryan territory here. Uh, but it looks like a, it looks like it's close. So we can kind of name him as a player that would like likely sign right. Yeah. Um. I feel like that you've covered off a lot in those signings. Um. I think people wanted a higher profile of player. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. Like Gonzalo Higuain linked uh, 270 grand a uh, a week he is on, so Unreal. absolutely there is absolutely no chance that he fits in at a club like Villa. Unfortunately, uh, James Rodriguez, another player who's moved to a Premier League club, that kind of Villa where Villa wants to be in uh, Everton, he's going to complete a move. Uh, Villa, I think, a season away from really enacting on the plans they've set in with uh, Johan Lange and Rob McKenzie of really moving forward. So again, it's probably going to be another tough season. Um, but look, the, the, the signings here are very hopeful. It's similar to last season, I think, in that you brought a lot of potential. Agreed. And that's a nice way to end it before the dog goes absolutely mental. I believe we're having some electric work done as well, so I think the <laughs> Wi-Fi might go off at some point. So let's get out of it before something goes wrong. Uh, thanks, James, for joining me uh, again on your day off. Again, just coming in, working hard on a day off. You, you absolutely love to see it. And also thanks to, to our colleague, Matt Davis, who joined yeah. us earlier. If you're watching live at the moment, people asking about what we think of Matty Cash, rewind this Facebook Live. We talked about him for 15 minutes at the start, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, then you already know that we talked about him because we have, you had to get through that to get to this bit. So we'll just move on and end. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back again with uh, some breaking news whenever it happens next. And hopefully it's a, a number nine coming through the door next. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa. Up the villa.